Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going towards the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Lord, we gather in the name of the risen Christ, and we are here because Mary bore witness to seeing you. We are here because Peter and John and all the apostles to whom you appeared bore witness that death was not the end of your story. You burst forth into new life, into resurrection and that you promise the same for us. Lord, you said that if we believe, we would have life in your name. So for all of us here, I pray that we would take a further step in our belief in you and that you would rise with new life within us. And I ask this in your holy name and ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be pleasing to you, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Welcome once again to St. Bart's on this Easter Sunday. Uh, My name is Chris Myers. I'm one of the priests here. We're so glad that you could join us for Easter worship. If you've been with us through the season of Lent, the Gospel of John has been our companion and our guide. And once again, John and his amazing Gospel is our companion and guide for this Easter Sunday. So I want to look at three things in this story. And kids, I want, if you just remember one thing, well, actually three things, three words, okay? children and children of all ages. Remember these three words, light, life, and love. That John's gospel teaches us that the resurrection gives us a light that darkness cannot swallow, a life that death cannot destroy, and a love that hate cannot break. Life, light, and love. Those are the three words. John's gospel is about creation and new creation. His opening words are an intentional 
echo of the beginning of the story of creation. In the beginning, God created. Back in Genesis, the first thing that God gives is light. And in the Gospel of John, we hear that the Word of God who was with God and who is God is the light of God who comes into the world. God has spoken a new word of light into the world, and that light is Jesus. And John tells us that there is a light that darkness cannot swallow. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. If you were with us on Monday, Thursday, we ended that service in darkness. And that darkness followed us into Good Friday because the darkness is real. It's not that darkness isn't real. It's that the light that swallows it up is more real. And that is the light of Jesus Christ on this Easter Sunday. What John wants us to hear in these verses is that God is not just coming into his creation, but that he's making a new creation. John 20, verse 1, on the first day of the week, we are back to the first day of creation. God is making something new. And the thing that he speaks into his new creation is the thing that he spoke into his first creation, which is light. Light that swallows up darkness. That tomb, that place of darkness, becomes a place of radiant life because that tomb is empty. It cannot hold him. That darkness cannot hold the light of God. That darkness cannot swallow up the light of God. You think of a black hole in space as something that swallows up all light around it. Jesus is the hole of light that swallows up darkness around him. On that dawn of the first day, the light comes into the world. There is a light that darkness cannot swallow. In the same way, there is a life that death cannot defeat. John's gospel is about life. God so loved the world that he gave his son that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have life. Jesus says, I am the life of the world, Jesus says to Mary and Martha before he raises their brother Lazarus, I am resurrection and I am life. John tells us at the end of his gospel that these things are written so that you might believe and in believing you might have life in his name. John is showing us resurrection life. Life on the other side of death. Our great enemy defeated that Jesus, for all the world's hate and wickedness and darkness that was cast upon him on the cross, could not be defeated. Death could not hold him because his life is stronger than death. Which is why we can say, death, where is your sting? The thing that you had over us, you no longer have over us. The sting of death has been taken away. Ooh. The res- <laughs> and what the resurrection of Jesus shows us is that the life that God promises is real life, true life. It is life that not even death can destroy. That's the good news. That's what Peter was telling Cornelius. And it's not just for us, the Jews, the people of God, it's for all nations, it's for everyone. 
One of the things that Christians called themselves in the early years was the living. We are the living. Why? Because we've been united to the living one, the one who conquers Satan and sin and death. So there is a light that darkness cannot swallow, there is a life that death cannot destroy, and there is a love that hate cannot break. On the night that he was betrayed, that he was handed over, Jesus prayed. He prayed to his Father. John 17. We get a peek into the intimate life of God, of God the Son talking to God the Father, and he's saying, keep them in my love. The love of the Trinity is an unbreakable community of love. The Father loves the Son. The Son loves the Father. The Spirit is the bond or bridge of love between them. And what the resurrection shows us is that not even death, not all the hatred or evil of the world can break the love of God. It is love that rose him from the grave. It is the Spirit of God that rose him from the grave to demonstrate for us that there's no height, no depth, no angel, no demon that can break the love of God because it is the love of God for himself that he invites us into. To believe in him is to join him in his life. And it's not only that, it's that Jesus Christ was raised as a human being, as a promise to us that God will do the same for us. That just as he was raised, we will be raised too. And that's what's so astonishing about what Peter says to Cornelius. We ate and we drank with him. He wasn't a ghost. He wasn't an apparition. He wasn't a hallucination, a collective hallucination of his disciples because of the trauma that they'd experienced. He was a body. He was a human being who ate and drank with them. There is a light that darkness cannot swallow. There is a life that death cannot defeat. And there is a love that not even hate, not even the power of hell can break. And these are all really big thoughts So I want to end by taking us back to that first morning of the new creation where Jesus is in the garden and he talks and he speaks and we hear the word of God speak to Mary. And that's what I love about John's gospel is that we have these big ideas, light and life and love, and then we have these intimate details, a foot race between John and Peter. John wants us to know that he won and then he let Peter go in first. So, like pride, humility, mix. Yeah, I won, but I let him go in first. It's a detail. We have the detail of these folded grave clothes in the tomb. Jesus is a good Jewish boy. He cleans his room. He folded the grave clothes before he left. He didn't leave in haste. He left in victory. We have the detail of the angels positioned at the foot and the head like the cherubim on the Ark of the Covenant showing us that this is the presence of God in the world. And then the most intimate detail of all, a voice that speaks a name, Mary. Mary. She knows in that moment who he is. She knows his voice, which is exactly what Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. He speaks her name and she turns and she knows who he is. And it is the same for all of us. Jesus speaks each of our names to us, begging us, imploring us to turn to him, to have life in his name. 
So there is a light that darkness cannot swallow. There is a life that death cannot destroy. And there is a love that hate cannot break. But there is also one who speaks your name and speaks my name, who calls you, who calls us to himself and says, I want to give you the life that I have. I want you to have the light that I have. I want you to have the love that I have. So the question for Easter whether we've believed in him before or never have, the question always before us is, will we believe and have life in his name? Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for the new creation that dawned on that day. We thank you for this community called the church that is the people of your new creation. And more than that, we thank you for the intimate knowledge, Lord, that you speak our names to us. We pray that even in this small moment of silence, we could hear you saying our names, calling each one of us to you or back to you, wherever we are. And we simply respond and say, yes, Lord Jesus, we want your life. We want your light. We want your love. We praise you and thank you for who you are and who you're making us. Amen.